We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Good morning, Grinders! Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender at Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter, and it's Monday, Monday, October 24th. And you know what we do on Mondays? We bring we bring in James McCool, co-author with me on the theory of daily fantasy sports, the new new advanced players guide. Well, okay, I'm big. I'm big. I'm small. Okay, I'm small now. I'm big. I'm small. That Devin Devin is uh just fooling around with the, the the settings or whatever. But uh but yeah, how to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players. This new advanced course came out what six weeks ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh 10 chapters of audio, six hours, more advanced concepts, as well as uh custom tools for Microsoft Excel that you can use to be more accurate and more efficient with your process as developed by James McCool. Say hello in the chat, everyone. Yeah, good morning. Good morning, everyone. Thumbs ups and give me all the likes and subscribes and everything. Cobra Kai is back, says that he had a 72nd place finish in the $3 play action, playing Nico Collins over Miko Hardman. And that cost just $74,850 in winnings. I'm assuming that's a very exact number. I assumed he, I assumed it was 75000 versus 150 bucks. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because Nicole Hardman, we, we, so many people on Twitter were trying to make Nicole Hardman happen for so long. 
and and he happened, and no one had him, right? <laughs> no one had him. <laughs> he had two rushing touchdowns, right? Well, he happened. I guess that's happening. What 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 was his ownership in the milli? What was it? Uh, I think it was like two percent. It couldn't have been more than like two point one percent. So people, hey, two out of twenty two hundred twenty one thousand. 921 entries times 0.0 times 0.0021. That was a 466 or so. 466 people, still believers. Right, still believers. Well, was it, I, mean, I don't even think he was in the winning lineup. Oh, yeah, he was. Okay, yeah, yeah there you go. That, that nice McCall, one, uh, McCall Hardman one-off and Paris Campbell. Right, that's all you needed to get, right? The borough stack. Well, I mean, you were dead. In the early, right? If you didn't have if you didn't have Joe Burrow, you just would just pack it up. Yeah, pack yeah. it up at that point. And you saw James at one point the Millie winner. James, the Millie winner started had, had me yeah. had me questioning, questioning <laughs> like the the meaning of life. Uh, uh, the Millie winner that at that time, not not anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into the four o'clock games, had a Joe Burrow quadruple stack. So Burrow plus four. So yeah. had had Boyd, Higgins, Chase, and Hurst, and then had both Zeke and Pollard and the Cowboys defense. Yeah, correlate with that. When I saw that, I'm like, if it, I maybe maybe it's time. <laughs> maybe it's time that I build my NFL lineups with the MLB lineup HQ tools, and are just like, I'm just gonna play five threes, right? I'm just gonna. Just right, just like baseball, right? You take five guys from one team, three guys from another team, and you and you mix them together, right? Four, three, yeah. ones. I'm just like, okay, time to make those types of lineups, but uh, it didn't work, didn't necessarily work out like that. Obviously, lineups that have like quadruple stacks work out on slates where like one team puts up like a ridiculous amount of points in comparison to others. Yeah. So, like, if all the other late games were like 17 to 10 games. Like that, that would have won. So it's not, it's not like out of the question that you can't quadruple stack your quarterback or anything, but those are the cases. Like you need a very specific instance where one team puts up 50 points and everyone else puts up like 17. So like even the fourth piece of that stack, like is enough points where it still beats off like most, most of the, most of the players in the other teams. But uh, I, I I did not have I did not have a good day yesterday. Hmm. Uh, cashed on Fanduel. I I I made money on Fanduel. Mm-hmm. I lost on DraftKings. Uh, DK Metcalf screwed me again. Uh, and then then not playing Eckler, playing Mixon over Eckler. That looked pretty good early, right? But then Eckler just destroyed me. Yeah. Uh, the 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 only saving grace was uh, was Prize Picks. How do you lose on that site? Can you tell me? <laughs> Can you, I, I've been waiting. It's been seven weeks, seven weeks of profit. Now it's not like I made a ton of profit. I made a thousand bucks. I went sixteen and ten on Prize Picks, but I, I'm using the Blitz projections. I, I I did this week. It was Wednesday morning. I got most of mine in. I rounded it out with some fantasy point ones on like Thursday or Friday when they posted those. I I don't I don't understand. The only way you lose is if they tell you not to play anymore. I mean, like, I'm still shocked that I'm not limited. I was just gonna say I'm surprised you're not limited already. I'm, 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 I'm shocked myself. I'm doing basketball now, 
doing some basketball props with the NBA statistical projections we have, we have here at Roto Grinders. But I, I mean that I I've come to the conclusion, James. I've I've done it. I've done it, James. Uh, I'm 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 going to scale back my my cash game action on FanDuel and DraftKings, and just put that money into into props. I, I, I was asked yesterday what I thought was an easier way to build a bankroll between DFS and sports betting and like prop betting, and I like snap shove said prop betting. Because it's not, I don't think that it's hard. Like you and I have had this discussion multiple times on the show. It's really not that hard to make money prop betting. If you want to make like 500 to 1,000 bucks a month, I think you can do that relatively easily so right. long as you have the bankroll to do it. Like the, the, the key, the key for this is not like it's not about beating the, beating the market, beating the no. number. It's more about getting the money down and like. And on prize picks right now, the <laughs> prize picks apparently lets me get the money down. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, do I have a special account or something? I mean, I don't, maybe I'm under the radar because I'm making these $25, $50, $75 ones, but I'm that's just very likely rack. what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, but I'm racked, but James, I'm racking it up. I, I on prize picks for, for NFL, I had like $12,000 worth of props, which is great. Uh, I, I don't know why. They are not limiting I don't you. Know why either? But should I even be questioning it? I have no idea. It just seven. Like I up last week, I had a bad week in props, and I still made I still made like a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so it it now underdog said their lines tend to like underdog underdog. I'm I'm good also, but their lines they 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 overcompensate a bunch. So a lot of times you can't find value there. Mm-hmm. And also on underdog, I do the th- I do three picks on underdogs, ah. not the two because they pay they pay six six x instead of five x just like on prize picks. Yeah, I take advantage of that by just round robbing three picks, which means you know I may only have like a grand total of like seven props over there, so I need to win at least three in order to even catch any of the the tickets. So like if I win three. If I win four, it's almost like semi break even. But if I win five, six, or seven, it's like you know, it's Yahtzee day. Yeah, yeah, like that. Don't but I like TPPs over there, whereas right, more like that. right. So and then I also do five picks over there. I do you know, I do threes and fives over there, and prize picks I do primarily twos, unless I correlate, and then I get some of the correlated ones. Like I could have had a much bigger day on prize picks if Brandon Cooks would have gotten another like eleven yards. Mm-hmm. Because I had I had uh, I had Mills plus Cooks, and then I had the entire Niners passing game. So Garoppolo's over plus like the IU Kittle, Debo combinations of two of them, not all three, but two of them. Yeah, and like all these four and five picks. So they end up being like three out of four, you know, four out of five stuff like that. But I don't want to just harp back on on the on the on the props, but like, dude, just sign up to Roto Grinders. Okay, click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. Sign up for Prize Picks. Use the promo code Grinders. You get a hundred dollar deposit match bonus. Sign up for the get get the Blitz projections from Derek Cardi, right here at Roto Grinders. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. People ask me, James. Every every week I post or whatever on Twitter or something like that, and like well, what. What do I do? It's like I do. I I literally. I, I mean. I mean. I I I literally. I don't understand. Do, do people not understand what the word literal means? I literally don't think so. 
Uh, you literally don't think so. <laughs> so here, here it is. An, another an, here. Here's my tweet. Derek Hardy blitz projections find the largest discrepancies. Get in early at the best number. Round robin all the props, and then four or five pick correlated ones. If they not correlated ones that are have big discrepancies, also. I mean, don't just do it for the sake of doing it. Right. Don't, don't, don't pick, you know, I'm going to take Mahomes is over and Valdez Scantling. If, they, if they're not plus CV, like don't, don't do it. But if you find multiple ones that are related to each other, they put them together. Like this, this is not, this is not difficult. The problem is that if you win too much, they'll, they'll limit you. Apparently, apparently Maybe. I mean, there are plenty, James, there are plenty of people I know that are limited on price picks. Most of the time it's like a hundred dollar max bet. And $1,000 winning on one player. Like, you're limited to that. And then, like, a total of $2,000 worth of action. Total of how much action? 2000 oh, okay. Right? So that that would significantly, that, that would, that would, that would curtail, that, that would make it beer money level. So, I, I think that for NFL, that makes it beer, beer money level. But for NBA. Oh, because you could do it every day. Yeah, NBA is fine. Yeah, like if you're if you're if your limit is two K per day on NBA, like eighty five percent of people who are listening to us are not going to be priced out of that. Ninety percent are not going to be priced out of that. So even if you get limited, I don't think it's that bad. The the reason why I don't play prize picks because I live in Tennessee. Right, and then I in Tennessee. Right, but you could now, you could you, but you could go on the actual sports books. Well, and granted, I could also just drive 17 minutes up the road and go to Kansas. But you, you, you might, but but James, it may be worth it to do because it's not like, like, dude, I'm 90, 95 plus percent of the stuff that I'm putting in, I'm putting in Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. And then, no, yeah, I know. Then, it's, it's not even, it's not even out of the realm of possibilities. I should, now, now that I've kind of been waiting for NBA to come back because I think that NBA props are something that are, are really nice to hit. Yeah, but J- James, you can't do. Th- I mean, NBA like stuff changes, and you'd have to. You'd have to. Here's the 20 minute drive again. Yeah, like yeah. NFL's the type of thing. NFL's get the type in of on thing NFL. that you're right. That, like the blitz projections come out on like, like the the first run comes out Tuesday night. The usage the usage updates come in. You know, Wednesday morning. Take a nice drive Wednesday Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, just go hit all the ones that I can find. Yeah. Right, hit all the ones you could find. You probably could find, you know, 15, 15 to 20 of them. Yeah. Round robin, you know, you spend an hour. You do what I do. You round robin them all. Go go to lunch with the family. Sit okay, there for you can do bit. that too. I mean, yeah. I, I would I would, I would, would not do that. But Well, you don't like, yeah, you don't like lunch. So I don't, sense. yeah, I don't like people. <laughs> that, that, that helps also. And then you drive back. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like you have to monitor this. It's like, you're, it's in, it's done. And then most of your most of the lines move in your favor, and then then you over the course of the season. I I thought I'd like okay maybe I maybe I I'll do this, and maybe I'll I'll come out a couple thousand bucks ahead by the end of the season. Like okay, worth it for the time investment. Yeah, I'm like dude, like this is dude. I'm up like twenty grand this season in on price picks. Yeah, like that. Like what's going on? <laughs> like I'm questioning, uh, I'm questioning why I have not, I've not been limited yet. Maybe it's because you're not a sharp. Maybe they think that you're you're gonna regress. Maybe they think I'm a. Maybe they think I'm a. I don't know. You're just a sun runner right now, dude. You're just getting lucky. Seven weeks in. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. seven <laughs> out of seven. 
using the same projections that other people are using and moving the numbers. I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, uh, I, 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 I talk to other people, other people that are sharp and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, 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 I destroyed on prize picks and now I, I, I'm limited there. Well, but a lot, but the, the only difference is that the people I'm talking to are putting in like $500 picks. Right. So that, that's probably what it is. It's probably a threshold. That's, right, that's my I guess. I, I mean, I, I, I would think that there's got to be a threshold. Uh, Defic asked what the optimal times to get the best numbers in for NFL, just to see now, if you can. Yeah. Right. Like literally. So the optimal time that the, the, what's the reason? Like James, they have, they, I mean, they don't have props up. Do they even have, I already got some, some NBA stuff in already. Uh, this morning like right now they don't even have like like next sunday's games up they only have like t- tonight's football up right but like they'll put up like later today probably the sunday for for, for next week mm-hmm. get them today now what would be the reason why i'm not getting them like why aren't why aren't i putting in my prize picks for for next sunday in like this afternoon when they go up because you don't have projections yet Right, because I don't have a right. I've not unless there's something that's completely obvious. Like I don't, I don't have anything to compare it to, right? So like, how am I? Like, what am I supposed to know? What numbers are good and what numbers are what the biggest discrepancies are? I could look at a rushing prop and go, I think this number should probably be higher, but I don't know by how much. And remember, you need to have a certain certain discrepancy because you have to win these at fifty eight percent to 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 make money. So yeah, that's the only reason. So like. Me, I'm just waiting for the blitz projections to come out. Once they come out, even the initial run, which Cardi's not made manual usage adjustments, I'm looking for such large discrepancies that what what usage uh, up, update is going to affect it to that extent, mm-hmm. right? Unless there's a bug. There was a the Farrell Brown bug from two weeks ago, where where all the other brown all the Browns were projected for like under everything because apparently in the in the whatever update that. The, the the algorithmic way that uh, Cardi comes out with it had Farrell Brown with like a fifteen point projection for no reason. Incredible. So obviously that came. So it's like, oh, Amari Cooper unders look great. It's like that, like that, like the entire Browns was bugged. So like you did, I didn't jump on those. But it's like just as early as possible. Like yeah. once once you have something to compare it to and go, oh, the rushing prop is sixty three and a half. The blitz has this at eighty. Has his median at eighty eight. Looks like I'm taking the over, right? Now, if the number was like 71, you wouldn't. But it's not enough of a discrepancy right there, right? You're looking for large ones. That the, the I people, how much? How much do I need? Do so so much that it would be so obvious. I it's always so I I had for I'm a just, I'm while. saying I'm, I know that there's a mathematical answer to this. Yeah, there there. But, I'm, I'm, but for for functional realistic purposes. Unless you want to plug this into a Poisson dis- distribution and see the, what the standard distribution for each stat is and for each player is, you can do that. But remember, you would do that more likely on what to bet from a Kelly perspective yeah. on regular sportsbook props. Here, you need such large discrepancies that, like, it would be so obvious. It would, dude, it would be okay. Guy, uh, guy has a passing yard prop of uh, 205, the Blitz has him at 288. Okay, that's that's good, right? Two thirty-five, not good. I, I was asked a couple times for for people for prize picks. They're like, "Well, what what threshold do you want to hit? You want to hit like five percent over, ten percent over, on like just the, the biggest ones?" 
the biggest ones, right? <laughs> it would always be, well, like, is there a certain point where you like must bet it? And I'm like, I just take the five biggest ones. <laughs> I bet those. Like, I I think that there is eventually. You're right. Like, you you can go down to to a really micro level if you want. You can do it mathematically. And most people, I think, would come to me with my math background and with like all my my modeling background and say, oh, this guy uses these formulas to do these things. I don't have to. It doesn't matter. I, I'm not a professional sports better. And therefore, I don't need professional formulas to make these bets. Like if I was getting down $10,000 per month or I mean per week on NFL bets, like, yeah, I'd probably take it a little bit more seriously, put together some formulas to make sure that I'm getting the best action I can possibly find. But I'm not. So if somebody is projected for 288 passing yards and their props 205, me likey, I hit. I just, it's just caveman logic at that point. You just go for it. And it's primarily due to the fact that on prize picks and underdog, you need like they're fixed parlays. So like right. you need minus 137s or better. Yeah. Right. You need you need 57.6% implied probabilities or better, which means the discrepancies have to be large. Right. And you can put it on a distribution. Like I eyeball stuff. But I also understand the conceptual distributions of passing yards, of rushing yards, of receiving yards, of receptions, like learning the concepts. And that's why, I mean, dude, the stuff that's in the theory of daily fantasy sports, either the first course, the fundamentals masterclass or the advanced course will help you understand the mathematical concepts without needing a formula so you can eyeball this and be directionally accurate, Mm -hmm. directionally correct enough. like. Like someone, like someone said to me, uh, or I tried to explain, like, uh, there was, uh, I think two weeks ago, there was a Jawan Jennings prop. Okay. So Jawan Jennings had a prop on prize picks of 12 and a half receiving yards. Obviously he's like, what the third, third wide receiver on the, on the, on the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, and he's like the fourth option because you got Kittle there. And I mean, like he's, he's out there, but he rarely, he doesn't get targeted much. 12 and a half receiving yards. The the blitz had him at like 27 yards or 28 yards, which is a big, pretty big discrepancy, right? It's like, wow, it's like almost double. And I'm like, you can't think in terms of almost double. Now, if, a, if, if Debo Samuel had a 50-yard prop, and his blitz had him at 100? That's a lot. Like, that is a lot. Debo's not even a good example. Like, Godwin. Let's say Godwin. If Godwin's Godwin was on prize picks for, like, 57 and a half, and the blitz had him at 90 yards, that would be much better than Jawan Jennings, 12 and a half, when the blitz has him at, at 27. Mm-hmm. And you go, well, but the multiplier, it's like, think of the way that these players' distributions of outcomes and how many events, like that's that's going to determine the variance or the standard deviation of his outcomes. Okay, so for instance, Chris Godwin, if he had a prop of sixty and the Blitz had him at ninety, like Chris Godwin, someone that gets a twenty-six percent target share, twenty-eight percent target share. Gets lower A dot, eight yard, nine yard A dot. I mean, like, there are going to be a lot more events that make up his projection than Jawan Jennings. So for him to, if the Blitz has him for 90 and the prop is 60, 
Like he's getting there on like eight receptions, nine receptions. So it's much easier, right? His distribution, his, his, if the blitz has his mean at 90, that means 50, he could get 50 in one. He could make his prop in one half, not on one pass, but on five passes. Jawan Jennings, 12 and a half. This dude may only see two or three targets. It's going to come down to how many yards were, were each target. Like how many, like, like dude, like the difference between 12 and a half and 28 in the blitz is like one reception for him. Right. I was going to say if the baseline for this guy is literally 14 yards, a dot. Right. And the blitz has him for two receptions. That's a 28 yard projection. Right. But if he drops that second one, you're cutting it real close. Right. But the point being is that if you looked at his distribution, the difference between like 12 and a half, like let's say his prop was 12 and a half and the blitz had him at 17. Like that's not the difference between those two are, is virtually nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. On his, on his, on his distribution of outcomes, because it really just comes down to how long is the one catch that he makes. So what, what, so this is the reason why, like on lower ends of the spectrum, sometimes depending on, on the, if it was, it was, a, if it was a, a running back, that would be a different story for rushing yards, right? Rushing yards, like, oh, did he get a four yard carry or a five yard carry is only a one yard difference. But for a receiver that has an eight dot of 10 to 15, it comes down to like, well, what's the real difference between a 15 yard prop and a 30 yard prop is just just one reception. So it's not really as far, it's not, the discrepancy isn't as large as you thought. Now I did bet on that and it did move to, to 17 and a half and I did win it by the way. So it, it was, I'm just saying in that case, it was worth it, but people show up with these, these like, Oh, this, this running back right out of the backfield has an eight, eight and a half yard, like passing prop, a, a receiving prop. And the blitz has him at 18 yards. So I'm like, I wouldn't bet on a lot of these, right? I mean, like it probably it probably prof it's probably profitable from a sports book element on like a minus one ten, but from a minus one thirty seven perspective, it's like you're betting on him getting getting a second reception. Yeah, exactly. Like that's that really point. that's all you're really doing. It did. This is the same thing as betting a one uh, a one and a half over one and a half reception. I was at this just point. gonna say at that point you might as well just hit the one and a half. If there, if there was, one. if there was an option, right. right. But mathematically, you could, you, you, you can look at that if you knew what the distributions of the stats and all the players are. But I'm just, we're, we just explain it to you common sense wise. Mm-hmm. So, like, how much of a discrepancy do you need? Well, you need a lot for for prize picks, and then depending on like the, the people I I saw in the in the in the blitz chat, someone was posting like. Like some, uh, here, here are some big discrepancies from last week and the ones that hit and the ones that didn't. Like people are, people are taking like 20, like here's one, like the 25 yards, a difference in passing props. It's like, that's not enough for passing props. You're talking, you're talking about like two or three completions. Mm-hmm. Like that's it. That's all 25 yards really is. Depending on the team, like dude, Justin Fields, 25 yards is a lot. Why? Because he doesn't, they don't throw the ball that much. Right. And then when he does throw the ball, it's probably not going to be that far. Right. Imagine, you know, taking a, uh, 
who's a low A dot guy like Matt Ryan now. He needs a lot more passes in order to to make that yardage. But like, dude, if Patrick Mahomes prop was off by 60 yards, dude, I'm taking that. Right. So it's just it's just understanding the how the distributions of each stats. Rushing yard to me, rushing yard props are 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 better. Right? If there's a discrepancy of 20 rushing yards, like I'm much more confident because those are much more normally distributed. Right. Right. So like like uh I had what did I have yesterday? I had, like I had Derek Henry, like Derek Henry over 84 and a half, which is a pretty large number, but the blitz had him at, the blitz had him at like 108, 110 mm-hmm. yards. So it's like that's a what six twenty six yard discrepancy. So it's like I'll I'll take that. Yeah. Right. But like that percentage wise, like we go and we go like one, uh, one ten divided by eighty four or something like that. The, the percentage is like thirty per a thirty percent difference. But if you go down to let's say thirty percent difference of like twenty yards. Like that may not even that may not even be enough. Like, mm-hmm. what's thirty percent of twenty? That's what four. So it'd be like ha, we have having a fourteen yard receiving prop, and the blitz has him at twenty. Right. That's that based on the distributions of that stat and that player. That's probably not enough. That's probably one catch. That's probably one. I mean, like that's that's not many events. But for Henry to get to a hundred and ten rushing yards, it's the difference of well. The blitz has him for like 25 carries and and four targets. Right? Obviously, the rushing yards don't matter for the targets, but it's like, dude, if Henry averages like just in the game, if he gets 25 carries and he averages what three and a half yards a carry, he gets he beats his prop. You could probably do kind of like a little cool confidence meter here thing based on events to reach a certain threshold. Hmm. Do something like the lower the amount of events, the lower the confidence of the. Th- well, I mean, that would be in the. Wouldn't that be literally the standard deviation? Would it? Yeah, I think it would be. I mean, yeah, yeah the less events would means the higher standard deviation. I'm, o- I'm over here trying to reinvent the wheel. You're right. Yeah, it's basically right. It is. I mean, it essentially <laughs> is. That's. What, but I mean, that may be the easier way, like for people to visualize it. Mm-hmm. As far yeah. as like the more the more events that make up the projection, the more normally distributed it is, which means the discrepancies don't have to be as the 58th percentile is not as far away from the median as with higher standard deviation of ones where it's so much further out. Right. Uh, did you expect to talk about uh, props or whatever? No, I like props though. I, I do think, you know, I, I've, I've talked before about how I think that props are something that everybody should kind of um, work into their work into their bankroll if they can, uh, you know, obviously if you're in a sport where, or a, a state where you can do it. Um, and especially for NBA, I think that so long as you are paying attention through the day, I think that NBA props are a really, really profitable thing to be on. And with prize picks, um, it's probably not as profitable. It's like probably just a sports book thing where with NBA, if you are vigilant and if you are understanding of the situations that you're paying attention to for the day, like say that you have a day where um, Anthony Davis is questionable. So every day, but if you're paying attention to 
if you're paying attention to one of these situations, like maybe a, maybe um, a Jimmy Butler is questionable. We'll, we'll say that one. If you're paying attention to that and you have your sports book on hand and you're ready to go and fire at some props and you know what you want to hit, as soon as that news breaks, you have 10 to 11 seconds to go and get onto the sports book and then go hit an over and under for the players that you have worked out to be the ones that benefit the most if that guy is going to be in or out. Um, and that kind of stuff, I think, is really easy to hit so long as you have a little bit of dedication and, and are in a position to be able to make those quick snap decisions. Um, NFL, I think that props are are soft. I, I think that people can be hitting them until they are limited. And frankly, most of the people listening to this show are not going to be limited anytime soon um, because it's mostly just a drop in the bucket for most of the sports books. So I, I do think that props are a really nice thing to, to get into and work on your bankroll. And I also think that props help you develop kind of an idea of a range of outcomes, which is something that I'm obviously super um, adamant about understanding because it does help you to visualize kind of um, once you understand what prop betting is and what sports betting is and how to read a line and understand what a line is saying to you, um, I think that it really helps you understand uh, that players are not a single projection. They are a range of acceptable outcomes within their deviations. So I do think the props are, are something that you should learn. As far as late news and everything in NBA, I mean, you could even you sign up for Roto-Grinders. For NBA, all you need is a Roto Grinders Premium. Combo Premium, you're getting everything. Right, we hear look at all the Q tags. We got Conley questionable, Barnes questionable, Brooks questionable, Boucher questionable. I don't think that's gonna matter that much. So you can see here, it's like, okay, well, we have the projections as if they're in. If they're if they have a Q tag, they're gonna be in our projections. But we also have this. This will come out a little bit later. The what if projections. Mm-hmm. So, like you can even see that even though. Like, these guys are in the projections. Scotty Barnes is in the projections now. Well, what happens if he's out? We'll have those projections also. So then you could see it's like, okay, if once Barnes gets ruled out, who benefits and who, like, what happens? And then go, not only just for DFS, but then you go on prize picks, you go on underdog, you go on your sports book or whatever, and you hammer whatever. If, if that raises Van Vliet's points total by three or four points, and, and it hasn't adjusted, and it's it, it, the prop is as if Barnes is in. You start hammering those. Yep. Now you may have to you have may have to do them very quickly. Yeah, you got to be quick. Right? Yeah, you got to be quick on that. Or you could decide you could maybe you scout you, you, you like I I I think Barnes is going to be out. I you 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 just say I think Barnes is out. I'm just going to hit all the projections as if hit all the props as if Barnes is out, and then when he's out, I automatically get those. Good There's number. even a low chance that you could build in some arbitrage there. Right. It's pretty low. I, I don't know how much you're actually going to get in between, but there's there's a chance you could do it, doing it that way. If you just like say, okay, anybody who's questionable here, I'm going to hit the person who, like if there's a very plus EV bet, let's let's take the, the Van Vliet situation, right? So Scotty Barnes, he's questionable. You look at the projections and Van Vliet is already an okay bet for the over on his points. Say that he has an over of like twenty-two or something, and the projection. I mean, we could look right time. here. Well, let's see. Let's take a let's take a look. Right, we could we could take a look at Van Vliet. I mean, we could look for Van uh, Trent, Trent because these these are all with. Uh, so yeah, Van Vliet points. We have his projection at sixteen point eight six. The prop is fifteen and a half. Okay, so say which isn't enough. Would... It, it would at this point. For prize picks would not be worth no. taking the over on, but I have to assume now. I'm, I'm like I said, I would look at the what if projections. 
But I'm assuming that if Barnes is out, that means Van Vliet's going to be carrying the ball more than Barnes because Barnes yeah. is a semi kind of point guard. I'm assuming his points are going to go up by a point or two. Yeah. And if they go up by a point or two, like then then it would probably be worthwhile. To play. And say that it was a situation where his prop was 14 and a half and the projection was 17 and a half before. Right. Then, Barnes then it would be out. worthwhile to take right now. Yeah. Then you just hit that. And then later on, when it gets ruled out, you can look at it and there is an arbitrage situation there where you could also take, take the, under the under and get somewhere right. in between. Right. Um, there, there's there's good ways to do that uh, if you're paying attention and if you want to dedicate early. I, I do think that understanding how props work and, and learning about the process of betting props and, and building in some arbitrage situations, like it's worth understanding and worth knowing if you want to do some research on it. And, and here at Roto-Grinders, we make it very easy for you for NBA. All of our NBA statistical projections, we have a we have a, a Chrome extension, a Prize Picks Chrome extension that will overlay the NBA statistical projections on Prize Picks, which is pretty cool. That's right. So, like, like what what's one what's one that do, do I got? Like, I could I got Demar Derozan. I could scroll down. See, I'm looking through. I'm looking. What's the difference? 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 I get down to Demar Derozan. His prop is 23 and a half. Our statistical projections have him at 29.04. That seems good. That seems pretty good, right? I got a bunch of those. I got one, two, three, four, five. So I got seven so far, right? Here's, here's, an, here's another one. I don't even know. It's the only prop of him that's up. They'll put up more, right? Yeah, they already start putting up more. But this fantasy score, right? They they use uh, FanDuel scoring. So I'm going to scroll... Obviously, I'm this this numbers. Well, these numbers are. Let me reload. If you see something that's obviously off, just reload, because the the extension didn't read it. Like we got a fantasy score. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we're good. There's no way that Embiid's projection was only going to be 31 on a fantasy score. Uh, where's Terrence Ross? Terrence Ross. Here you go. Terrence Ross, 22 and a half fantasy score. We have his projection at 18.09. Pretty good. That's pretty good. I mean, that's a four and a half point discrepancy in a fantasy score for a guy that doesn't even start. Right. And it's completely points based. Right. Yeah. I mean, for uh, right. It's a fan. It, it's 22 and a half fantasy score, but Terrence Russ really doesn't do anything other than shoot. Right. So it really, that's, are you betting is over under at like 17 real life points, right? Right. But and and that, that goes back to what we were talking about when it comes to understanding how points distributions go through. The volatility of an NBA player is mostly on how they are accruing their points when it, right. when it comes to fantasy. So something that I've always said is you, you want to kind of hang your hat on guys who are robust and have like a wide range of things that they can contribute. And then, you know, it, you, you can treat point scores the same kind of as, uh, as wide receivers where it's going to come more in chunks. You can treat uh, guys like Luca and um, Harden and stuff like that. Those guys are way more robust. They're going to be able to contribute a lot of different ways. Even if they fail scoring points, they can still get a triple-double and salvage with 14 assists or whatever. So right. that, that's another important concept here is the understanding right. of That's why the, the discrepancies in fantasy points or even PRA, yep. like points, rebounds, assists, um, um, I don't need as big of a disc- – I mean, I need bigger discrepancies but not as big. I prefer the fantasy points because especially with FanDuel scoring, like st- uh, steals and blocks are kind of, I don't want to call them luck stats. They are. They're luck stats. We can call they're, them luck they're, stats. They're not very, they're not extremely predictive, 
But since they award three points, like FanDuel scoring, like it gives you that extra, like I get bailed out, right? Yeah. Someone does it. Someone's not, not cutting it fantasy point wise. And they just end up with like two steals in one block and they get there. Right. So like, I, I, I think I got bam. I got bam today. Let's see. Where's bam. Uh, bam is somewhere. Where did bam go? Oh, there we go. So here, here bam. bam. Uh, 33 and a half fantasy score, uh, 38.71 projection. Yeah. And I don't mind that, especially on the fantasy score, because uh, Bam could get there and, you know, dude, like his PRA, like for instance, his PRA, 33 and a half. Let's go to PRA. His PRA is good also. I think it's better. I think it's actually lower on, on, on underdog. See, look, points, rebounds, assists. Prop is 29 and a half, projection 31.56. Like, that's not enough mm-hmm. for prize picks. But but for the fantasy that, score. For fantasy, his fantasy projection is much higher because of blocks and because he's a center and he could block stops, and steal it. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what I, I mean, this isn't hard. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I'm literally showing you what I did. Like, I don't know why people always have questions. Like, I'm just showing well, you. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's hard either. I, I think that really, and we've talked about it, I think four separate times on the show over the last couple of years of you can be a profitable prop better. You, you just can. It's really, really not that hard. All it takes is a consistent process and making sure that you're dedicating to hitting the things when they come out early. Uh, that's if you have a good projection source that you trust, and you go and you find the largest differentials and you stick to a good bankroll management process and you just grind it away. It's, it's not hard. I, I think that one of the issues, and I, and I talked about this, um, my discord the other day, uh, I think one of the issues is that there's very little skill expression when it comes to prop betting in the same way that there's very little skill expression when it comes to cash games. No, it was, it was in a coaching session that I did this. Um, I, I think that people want to feel smart. I think that people want to feel like they are like outsmarting the books or outsmarting people. I think people want to have that feeling of expression and that feeling of onus of, of being able to be smart enough to win at this. When in reality, sometimes it's just not about that, man. Sometimes making money is just boring. Well, and, and like what, what, what you're doing is profiting off of other people's mistakes more than anything. Re, re, right. James, remember the season two seasons ago where I, I literally just played the, the Roto Grinders optimal NBA that was lineup. last year. That was last, last year. year. Was it last year? It was last no, it was year, the year, yeah. year before. No, last year, last year, last year. Did I play the whole oh, no, way? Yeah, it was last I, year. It was last year. It was during the NBA season. And you stopped when we got into mid January because we were both so done with NBA by mid January that you didn't want to do it. Anymore. No, I think I went till March. I, no, I went till I went till March. I believe. I well, whatever. I right, but I'm just saying that all I did was like whatever the median optimal was, I played, and obviously I would need to if projections change because if someone was out, I would have to lock in the players that are in and then rerun it so i may have to do that two or three times a night but it's like like literally i could have i could have taught my wife not saying that she's dumb she just doesn't that she doesn't play dfs and nor does she know basketball like i could have i could have taught my my nephew my 
you know, 17 year old nephew or whatever, but I don't know how old he is now. 20 doesn't watch sports. Doesn't follow any of this. <laughs> 17 to 20. <laughs> I don't know. I, it, it, I, I remember. I don't know. So, it's somewhere around there, somewhere that I don't know. I don't know what he is. Uh, right. I could have just showed him and said, okay, I'm going to, I want you to load. I want you to load the site. Right. I'll give you, I'll give you the bookmark. Right. I want you to load that in. And then I want you to make sure that the timestamp is the closest to, you know, at, at 655 or whatever, close to lock. And then I just want you to, you know, you, you put two zeros in so you could run this. And just press that button. And all these players that you see here, put that into your lineup. Right? And then get the notifications from Roto-Grinders. And if you don't see any notifications, don't do anything. But anytime you see a notification come in, wait five minutes and then refresh and 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 reload the projections and then lock in the players that are already in in the early again if you have anyone and then press the button again. If nothing changes, don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? So I don't even have like don't do anything until you get a notification that a starting lineup has come out or someone's in or someone's out and then just do that. Like if if you did that, I mean I made like 20 grand, 25 grand like just literally doing that and playing like as much of the head-to-heads and 50-50s and low stakes and everything uh, volume that I could find. And, right. and like I, I said, think man, I think pro I think props are easier than that. I I also think that props are easier than that, and I also think they're just as boring. And, and like that's that's the thing is people just that there is an entertainment factor of this. And Jordan, I already know your answer to this is you are entertained by making money, and I get that. We we've, we've talked about that too. <laughs> um, but some people, you know, their entertainment is having a gut call and being like, man, like I, I have this hunch that De'Aaron Fox is going to put up 45 real life points today. I just got this hunch and they want to just follow that hunch so they can get that sick, sick dopamine drip when it comes to uh, being right about these things, man. Yeah. But I, that's I, what, but I, I I'm fine with that. Just I, I'm, I am just, also fine with that. Just understand like, are you playing? What are you playing for? Right. If you're playing for that, then you don't play whatever way you want. Why are you watching our show? Like, don't do whatever. The, don't don't get the theory of Dale Dale and fantasy sports. Don't do, just play. Go. I'm I'm gonna whatever. Yeehaw. But that's why I always come back to the David Slansky quote: When we play, we must realize before anything else that we are out to make money. So it's like, to me, the skillful thing, like the way that you put it, of like, oh, it is it entertaining to just like. As Alex Santi says in the chat, I've done little more than click a button in NBA cash for about seven years, right? Like, which is more skillful, right? Because pe- you'll see people on Twitter. It's like, oh, people playing optimal lineups and projections. You know, they don't watch the sport. But they, it's, you know, I, w- I want it to be a skill game. And then you ask them, it's like, well, how much money you're up? It's like, oh, I'm actually down. It's like, so really the skill is, to do the simpler thing, like to have the mental fortitude to just go, I'm letting go of the wheel. Yeah. And if, if like that, that it, it comes back to what we talked about in, in the course about, about uh, just game theory in general, like the a very simple game theory. Okay. Let me get rid of the spam bots. Oh, uh, adult, adult dating site. That most people in DF when they play DFS, 
will spend the most amount of time on 50-50 decisions. They will go, should I play this guy or that guy? It's very close. And then they spend almost no time on decisions that they think are 75-25. Right? Go, oh, oh, this guy's going to smash. Like, dude, this guy's going to smash. End of story. Just, just right. Like, like they're done. Like, don't even bother this. This running back. The the defense is is thirtieth in the league. The, the 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 this offensive lineman is back. Their linebackers out. This guy's getting eight, got eighty two percent of the carries last game. Right. Like, dude, this guy's a lock. This guy's a goddamn lock. No question. And they never think about it. They like that. That that's what they thought on like Tuesday. They never changed anything, never questioned it whatsoever. Sunday, he's I'm playing 20 lineups, all all 20 lineups, right? Ends up getting like 14 points, not having a bad game, but like like not not a great game. Mm-hmm. But on but on on Thursday, from Thursday through Sunday at lock, is going, should I play T. Higgins or Chris Godwin? Should I play yeah. T. Higgins or Chris Godwin? Should I play T. Higgins or uh, looking into? Okay, well, T. Higgins, he has the ankle injury, and and they they will spend hours upon hours of T. Higgins or Chris Godwin. And a little bit, they'll be they'll come on my show on Friday or Thursday or something, or the Blitz show or something. I listen to Sunday morning shows here on Roto Grinders. There's 14 people, T. Higgins or Chris Godwin, and they're debating T. Higgins or Chris Godwin. You know, you know how much time you should spend on that? Nothing. Like, close your eyes, fl- flip a coin. No. You know what you should be spending most of your time on? The stuff that you think is 75-25, but may actually be 60-40. Yeah. Like, you're probably on the right side, but you're probably way too overconfident in the probabilities that you should maybe iron that out more. But on the coin flips, the decision in the long run is not going to matter. It's like it, it's it uses if I told you mathematically for sure that this decision that that 50 percent of the time if you you ever played T Higgins versus Chris Godwin I told you for a fact 50 percent of the time one guy beats the other guy it's like exactly 50 percent you know how much time you should spend exactly zero seconds on it right because it wouldn't matter so this is the same type of thing, James, that you describe of like, well, why don't people just like, like, well, go on, go on the blitz projections and on Tuesday night or Wednesday morning and spend an hour, compare one to the other on prize picks and underdog or on your sports book lines or whatever it's out mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's a big discrepancy. And then write them all down and just round robbing them, them all or if on a sports book, you're just betting them all. Just you know, and whatever the discrepancy is, you know, you make the bigger discrepancies you bet more on, right? Because you have more of an edge. And then you close then you close your laptop and and then you wait till Sunday. Like 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 No, I know. I, I know, I know. I I'm I'm with you. I, I think Pete I, Isn't isn't that a skill? Like, isn't the skill what we describe it a lot also in in the course? And I I say it, it's like the more and more you get skillful in DFS the simpler and simpler your process actually. I was, okay, yeah. So here's a really good example of that. So I, I've been running optimizations and, and simulating GPPs, right? And I finally got to a point where I can do that. And now I'm getting it to spit out all of my optimal lineups too. 
And then I'm taking that and I'm running it through some portfolio trimming and I'm running it through a couple other things. And all, all this is in Python. It's literally one button. It takes about six minutes to run about 1500 lineups through and find out which ones have the highest win equity. And then you know what I do, Jordan? You play them. I copy and paste the top however many <laughs> I'm going to play. And I put them into an export page. And then I grab the export and I just upload it on DraftKings. And I will tell you, it, it is the best process that I have ever had. And I am bored out of my goddamn mind. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm going to press this button. I'm going to press this little go button in my, pi- in my spider IDE. And then I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to wait for it to run through. And then I'm going to open up something that I have named my showdown MME process. And I'm going to open it up. I'm going to refresh all the connections. I'm going to take the top 100 or 50 or whatever lineups, put them in the export file. And I'm going to look at it and I will make one decision. Do I want to have this 50% owned? Do I want to have 50% of this guy who is going to make my lineups unique? Or do I want to try to balance things out a little bit more? That's the only other decision that I have to make. And then if I want to balance things out a little bit more, I just run it twice. One with that guy and one without that guy. Right, right. <laughs> it's so boring. And and I, I do think, you know, one of one of the reasons why you should play DFS, obviously we talk a lot about goals and we talk a lot about um, things that are not reviewing the slate. Sorry for people who wanted to review the slate yesterday, but this is what we're talking it's about. It's a review show. It's whatever. It's I know. We're, we're reviewing the process. We're reviewing propping and, and making well, money. All the chalk the hit. Did, did you have the Bengal? Okay, you needed the Bengal stack and then all the chalk hit. So, like, there you go. What's there to review? I mean, they you had Jacobs, you had Walker, you had Eckler, right? You had Burrow, Chase, right? You, as long as you mixed in some Paris Campbell or McCall Hart, you won. That what, what, what's what's the review? I played right, a ton of. Review. I played a ton. I have a lot of lineups with Michael Gallup and Romeo Dub zeros in it. So yeah, yeah, that's have, the review. Yeah, there, there you go. So uh, anyway, um, where where was I at here? So I, I think that one of the things about understanding who you are as a player and and the goals that you have and why you are playing DFS is uh, unless you know that, and unless you are dedicated to why you are playing DFS, you'll never actually have a process that sticks to what that is. If your, if your goal of playing DFS is to have fun and have some skin in the game and put down 25 bucks for the entertainment value, because you're going to be watching your, your homeboy Celtics and you're, you're excited to see them whoop on Toronto or whatever. I, I don't know what sports people say. Um, like if that's your goal is to have that entertainment and have that skin in the game and have something a little bit more than just watching the game, then that's awesome. Like you don't ever even have to worry about the things that we are talking about here. You can just play your Celtics and watch the game. And that's great. Just like and, the dude, the dude probably that was in first in the Millie just said, yeah. you know what? I think the Bengals and Cowboys are going to do. I think the lions, the Cowboys are going to run all over the, uh, the lions and the Bengals are going to put up 30, uh, 60 points. I'm going to, I'm going to spend 10 minutes bef- on the toilet. And I'm just going to say, uh, I just want to play all the Bengals and all the Cowboys and hit, hit enter. No. And this, this worked for somebody who took down the Millie Maker three, maybe four years ago named Bears fan. Literally his name was Bears fan. He just had a full five man bear stack. And he took it down and he took down the Millie Maker with it. I did like it. It was. It's hilarious, and sometimes it works out that way. But if that's the reason why you're playing, then you're not worried about making money. You're not worried about being in it. You're not worried about exposing your edges. Like, you're not worried about those things. And so it's fine to play that way 
but don't conflate it with playing that way to make money. Like there's a very large difference between your goal of making money and your goal of playing the Celtics every slate because you love them. Like you have to decide which one you want to be. Um, and I, right, I you don't think... play scratch. You don't go. I, I don't see people going to Kroger over here, getting the scratch off lottery tickets going. I got a system like, no, there is no system. It's, it's negative EV. There's the, you're doing it because you're, you're entertained by you. You want, you don't mind giving up that 28% edge because you like scratching something off and seeing if it's, it's, it's oh, that's fine to say, but there's, there's, you can't be a long-term winner doing this. You yeah. can't, you can't, you're you playing for it. entertainment and the story. And that's fine. I'm not judging you. That's no. what you get for your, dude. I watch, I, that dude, I do stuff. I go to wrestling events. People would think that's the, I can't believe you spent that much money to go to WrestleMania. It's like, well, I can't believe you spent 10 bucks on a scratch of lottery ticket. Right. It's just, to me, it's the same thing. Okay. That's your entertainment. That's your entertainment. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's entertainment value. So uh, just, it, it comes down to that. And I do truly believe that if you want to make money, sports betting or prop betting or playing DFS or whatever, you absolutely can. So long as you dedicate yourself to that version of playing, like understanding where the edges are, understanding that it's about bankroll management and process. And sometimes it's really boring. Right. Uh, 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 James, do you think, do you think mo many people, many, not most, but many people, they have the the reason why they can't make the switch over is because they've glorified what they think a professional sports better slash DFS player is. Oh my, like, my good friend. I have a lot of words about screenshot culture. No, I'm not, I'm not, no, I'm not talking about screen. I'm not even talking about I, that. I, talking I think that screenshot culture goes into this conversation very well because of the way that people glorify the idea of winning a GPP rather than making money. I, and like thinking that it is just if you don't win a GPP every single week that you're a loser and that you're not playing well and then you redo your process and like that. No, but I, that's I not what I'm talking about, James. I'm not talking about. I'm talking. I'm talking about not. I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about pe people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I don't talk to many people, right? Because I hate people. Right. Right. But when people find out what I do. If, especially if they're men that do watch sports, right? Or something like that. Like they view it as, oh, so like, I wish, I wish I was like, like, so you basically like, you get paid to like watch sports all day. And I go, I barely watch sports. Right. And I go, so what the hell do you do? That like, they, they to, to them, the fun aspect is like, here's something that I watch entertainment wise, like mm -hmm. to them, they're like, I come home from work and I put on, the Pacers game, or I put on the Bengals game, or I put on U of L or basketball, and this is my entertainment. And your job is to sit there and do exactly what I do and get paid for it. Like for and that entertainment, it's like, like no, it's the same thing as, as like, uh, like, like to take the wrestling events for example. Like I go to, I watch wrestling, professional wrestling. I go to wrestling events as entertainment but the guy that does the, like the play-by-play -play, the color commentary and the, the the referees and everything stuff obviously i can't be a wrestler right i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not athletic at all but you look at them and you go wow they're here to do this like don't they have a great job and then you find out like how their job is and like most of it is boring most of it yeah. is like like 
all you see is the 5% of their like, oh, we are in front of the camera, but 95% of the work is planning stuff out behind the scenes and paperwork and, 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 and creative meetings and logistical stuff with lighting and like, and you go, oh, that's, I thought it's just, you show up and, and you're, you're, you're a play by play. This guy slammed that guy. And like, no, like that's their job. Yeah. Their job. Their job. Like the, the part where we watch red zone on Sunday is the recreational part. Like that's not even part of the job. Truthfully, that would be time better spent on doing other things. Right. Like, you right? Don't even, actually, it's, it's actually not effective to like, Oh, I'm going to play a show. I'm going to play Monday night football and then watch the Patriots bears game. Like, dude, the, the lineups are locked. Like all your job is done. You can't mm-hmm. control what happens in the game. You know what you should, you should be doing anything else other than watching this game. <laughs> like if you, if you were actually committed to DFS, you'd be working, spending that three hours working on improving your, python or filling leaks or something like that or looking at the next day's slates and getting right. things set up for different scenarios yeah it's i i, I yeah i think that that's right that people or just uh, like with pro or james just like with pro i mean we saw we, we see this more in pro and in sports betting like they you know they, they've had features like youtube documentaries and stuff like that about like the life of a professional sports better and it's like most of the time it's like it's people staring at screens, mm-hmm. right? And something lights up and you go, okay, bet it there. Okay, bet it there, bet it there. And then what, by, by like eight o'clock at night, like they're out with their family. Yeah. Like no one's watching sports. No one is watching sports. And and you ask someone like, okay, what do you think? What do you think of the, what do you think of the Pacers this year? And you go, I don't even know who's on the team. <laughs> right they're like i'm just i'm just i'm just moving numbers no I, I i don't know that, that that would be the answer because like to be i i think that most sports betters are or most dfs players know who is on every single team down to like the last roster spot because you have to know you don't know who they are you don't know what they do but you definitely know their name and you probably know their position and very likely you know what their fantasy points per minute output can be <laughs> Right, well, but for DFS, but a lot of sports bettors that are only betting sides and totals and not mm-hmm. props, yeah. right? Because those markets aren't liquid enough for 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 the the top. Also, you get limited and everything. I mean, whatever. That's a whole nother conversation. But like, if you're if you're top da- if you're a top down better, and you're just betting on on basically steam, yeah. Like you don't need to know any. Like, dude, you, I'm you could be playing Mac Mac college football and go. I don't. Akron is, the, I don't even know if they're in the Mac. I don't know. It sounds like they should be there. <laughs> it's somewhere in that, in that area. Like it, all you know is that one book has minus five and a half and another book has minus three and a half and the numbers moving and you take it in one place and, and then you move on to the next thing. I mean, and then you do that over a long period of time and you make money and like, but what I'm saying, James, is that the person that's like, I wish I could, I could be long-term profitable betting sports thinks that, Oh, if I'm able to do that, then I wouldn't be, then I wouldn't need to have this job. Right. And then all I, all I would be doing all day is like, I would, they, they, they're envisioning, I have six TV screens mm-hmm. up and I'm watching, oh, this is going on in that game, that going on in this game. And, and then I'm in front of my computer. You're watching. Right. It's like, no, you're not doing it. Like, dude, that's, you're not doing anything. Unless you, unless you're, unless you're doing some live betting arbitrage, if you're running models with like live stuff, you, if there's a delay, like obviously this is this has all been kind of settled in 2022. Uh, 
you know, the discrepancies between the markets moving and what's on the television screen. That used to be an edge, mm-hmm. right? There's a half an hour, there's a, a, a half a minute delay between a book's lines move. And, you know, so the team goes up by three points and it's like, it hasn't moved for like 30 seconds and you slam yeah. it before it does. Like that really doesn't exist much anymore. But like the only reason you'd be actually doing like that setup would only exist for that purpose. But once the game starts and you have pregame lines and that's what your bets are, because even if you have second half, what I mean, you could you don't need to watch the game. I mean, you'll it updates. I mean, I could I mean you could go to NBA.com to see the scores. I mean, it's not like you don't need to be watching the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how they that's how a lot of people envision what being a pro sports better is. They don't envision uh, sitting in a windowless room with fluorescent lights 12 to 16 hours a day, essentially in front of Excel spreadsheets and, and charts and, and like, and you know, a Don best screen or so, you know, some, some, something similar to that. And like that, that, that's what you'd be doing. And then they look at that and they go, if it wasn't for the fact of what was on their screen, they would think that that's like a telemarketing job, like in a boiler room somewhere, right? Like right. some like, oh, that, that that's because oh, they keep on picking up the phone, making bets, right? This bet, 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 you know, like whatever, like, I mean, even though it's on their, you know, like on an app or something, but they look at that and go, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to be in my man cave, right? With six, eight TV screens in front of me, nice little mini fridge. And then like, and then going on my phone and going, yeah, let me take a look at this minus eight. Yeah. Bet on that. Like, like that's not, that's. Yeah. It's not what it not is. What it is. Yeah. Yep. I can agree with that. I mean, look at, look at what you do all day. Nothing. I, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes people will ask me like when, when Margaret will take Damascus out for the day and I can just like that, that is when I can let loose. All right. I'm going to explain to you what letting loose is for the life of a professional predictive analytics modeler for, for sports. All right. Letting loose means that I can close the blinds in my office and put on a hoodie. I can put in my AirPods and I can shut off all the lights and I can just live in my coding environment for nine hours straight. That's letting loose for me. It's not, it's not watching the games. It's not going out and going golfing. It's not like, playing video games for six hours. No, it's learning a new thing that will find me more edge in the future. That's what it is. So I, that, that, that appeals to people like me, right? That, that appeals to, to people like Cardi, like Cardi really loves to refine his edge. Um, it does not, it doesn't appeal to the dude who just wants to watch the Celtics and, and make money playing DFS. So the stuff that appeals to me is doing shows like this. Right. I, my entertainment, my letting loose is, oh, I get to, I get to come on and talk about, you know, do a show every morning and then yeah. do a podcast every week and do a pregame, a pre-lock show. And then the MMA show and the soccer show I do. And like, like I enjoy performing. So like, yeah. to me, this is letting loose. Then almost the other time, like, like people will ask me in the, on the pregame show. So what are you doing for tonight's NBA slate? I'll know that in about seven hours. <laughs> I don't know, especially in NBA or NFL. Like, what? Did, have you taken a look at the NFL salaries that came out? Yeah, I took a look. I made a dummy lineup. 
I see where, okay, I see where, you know, some guys may be a little underpriced. You know, I'm going to make a determination of what I do uh, Sunday morning. Speaking of dummy lineups, I made a mistake during the slate. We'll talk about the slate for half a second. Um, okay. I, I, I didn't get all of my lineups edited. I ran out of time. I was clicking the submit button. I forgot to import one of the lineups that I built because I built in the last like 20 minutes so that I don't have any time to actually tinker. Uh, and I didn't get my last Millie Maker lineup saved. And it well, was the I lineup. It was some dummy lineup? It was just a dummy lineup. It had it, it had naked Marcus Mariota. <laughs> it was terrible. Did it have real players in it at least? It, it had real, yeah, it had real players, but like it, it basically had like a mishmash of a lot of different players that I kind of felt like I wanted to play, but it wasn't like a real lineup. Okay. And the lineup that I didn't get into that one was my Chiefs stack and my, all my late games and the one that actually ended up making me money and making me profitable. It wouldn't have won the Millie, but it's still right. like, just a, a quick reminder out here. D don't, don't edit things on the site, edit them on your phone. If you're hand building so that you can just assign them all to the same thing and uh, you don't have to go contest by contest. And it was a mistake. Yeah, I, do, I do it. I do it on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I, I usually do it on my phone. This, that, that morning, yesterday morning, I was doing it on my computer because uh, I was, because Margaret was getting ready for work and she had to leave at lock. And like, I was just in my office and it, it was, it was a whole thing, but uh, hilarious. So if you go and you find my lineup in the Millie maker and you're like, why did James build this? Like what, what info did he have? I didn't, it was just a really bad lineup. Is it only one? Yeah, it's just one. I, I only did three. You only did three. Yeah. Let's see. Oh, that's not it. Nope. Lamar. Derek. Oh, so your best lineup. <laughs> <laughs> so your best lineup was one that it was just a dummy lineup. Yeah. Marcus Mariota, Josh Jacobs, Pierce, Higgins, Gallup, MVS, Andrews, Walker, Detroit Deep. At least it was a real line. At least it was real people. Yeah. I well, mean, some people the lineup, make, make so... these dummy lineups that they play, you know, the 3K guy that's injured. I mean, like they just basically yeah. randomly click on stuff. And it's like, dude, at least make like, make a lineup that like if it was worst case scenario got in like it's your cash lineup or yeah. something i i mean the lineup that i made for the 150 that i that i put in there put up 197 i think it was okay, really good cash. but um yeah the other two you know leveraging josh jacobs with the las vegas stack and then hoping that eventually the baltimore offense gets their shit together uh you know i'll be there one day what was what was my best lineup Oh, my best lineup came 196.24. Yeah, Burrow, Chase, Hayden Hurst. Yep. Right. Brees Hall. Yeah, Jake that's a lineup that I would have built. That's that's a good one. Right. That Brees Hall injury sucked. He started so hot. He was looking really, really good. Right. What was my worst lineup? 80.7. Yeah, Lamar Andrews. The, the Lamar Andrews lineups. Yeah. Ah, man. Brutal. Right, Donovan People Jones, right? But of course, I play, I play much more contrarian lineup. I mean, this 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 was this was Chalk City week. Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, this no, this I, lineup I, has a fifty eight point nine percent total ownership. Right, the winner one eighty nine point two. Right, Jets defense: Josh Jacobs, Kenneth Walker. The highest owned quarterback. It was literally every piece of chalk except for Michael Hardman and Paris Campbell. Right, and I guess you can say Hayden Hurst, but like outside of that, just blanket. 
Right. If you jam chalk, you won. Yeah. Just fine. And it's not like I didn't have the, I mean, it's not like I fade chalk. It's just that I may not have them as together as much. I meant to have a Cincinnati stack this week. I wrote up a Cincinnati stack. And then I, I was under, going. I was under on Cincinnati. They were over on. Yeah, no, I, I know. I, I meant to have one, but like if I would have had that, I would have had it with probably Brees Hall instead of Kenneth Walker. And like I, I would have been smart about it. And I wouldn't have the Jets defense either. But I I digress. It doesn't matter. I had a lot of the Titans defense. I, I liked the Titans defense a lot because why on earth would we trust Matt Ryan to do what he did again last week? Well, also I was playing a lot of Derrick Henry. So like that 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 was and I love Derrick Henry as well. I get that right. Okay. So there. So I mean, people why would we review the slate? Review what? We, we, we talk about whatever we talk about, right? It's Mondays with McCool. James, uh, people can find your stuff, paydirtdfs.com, as well as uh, picking up the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. You know the tools that James talked about that he puts in and trims his lineups? Well, I mean, you have it coded in Python, but you could do it manually yeah. pretty quickly in Excel, right? And we have that. As, I mean, it's I use this. I use it. Like, I'll be building showdown lineups tonight, and I'll be using the duplication predictor as well as the portfolio trimmer to build. I, I probably only, the tonight's game is awful. Uh, I don't even think I'm going to play it, man. Right. I, I, I don't, I'm think, doing a show. I'm doing the pre-lock show. I got to play it. Now. I don't think I can subject myself to it. I'll play it. Jordan, Jordan, I will play NBA instead. No, I'm playing NBA also. Well, but I hate NBA. And oh, okay. oh, oh, so it's getting to the point. Okay. You're you're playing NBA over a, over a over an NFL showdown. So. Yeah, over an NFL showdown where I think that my process on showdown is the best that it's been in years. And Bears rather, Patriots. Bears, I'd rather Patriots. play NBA. Oh, that's gross. But yeah, um, you can find everything from me at uh, paterdfs.com. Um, find me on Twitter at pater underscore dfs. And yeah, the tools have been fantastic. We've gotten a lot of really good feedback on them. There are a couple updates that I'm going to be putting in in the next couple of days uh, regarding a couple of portfolio management tools. So be sure to be on the lookout for that email coming out. Yep. And you can go to theoryofdfs.com and pick that up. Give me those thummy thumbs on your way out the door. We got uh, NBA Grinders Live later today on the channel uh, with Crunch Time, which is uh, brought to you uh, free all year by FanDuel. Then I'll be on the uh, the NFL pre-lock show for uh, Monday Night Football. We got live locks. We got the going long. We got tons of the betting content on the scores and odds YouTube channel. So uh, subscribe over there, and uh, and and I will I will see you tomorrow, right? I'll see you tomorrow as I, I, I always are, answering your DFS strategy questions, your sports betting questions, even if you'd like, Monday through Friday, eleven o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on RotoGrinders.com. <laughs>